Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Daydon Tolbert Show. I'm your host, Daydon Tolbert. Uh, this evening, we want to talk about uh, chivalry. Uh, over the last, uh, about, really about three or four years, we've done our annual special on uh, on Is Chivalry Dead in 2009, Is Chivalry Dead in 2010, 2011. Today we want to do uh, Is Chivalry Dead in, in 2013. We want to talk a lot about, you know, first of all, what is chivalry? You know, what is chivalry? Um, what it takes to uh, receive that type of treatment, what chivalry is not. Uh, we want to talk about um, some ways to identify, um, you know, are you the type of woman? Have you done the type of things that is, you know, makes you worthy of chivalrous treatment? And so we want to we want to do that tonight. You know, um, I think there's a big misconception, unfortunately, in today's society that uh, chivalry is something that just, you know, is just uh, opening car doors or, you know, uh, you know, walking on the proper side of the street. Those types, when it's something totally uh, different than that. So we want to really define it, uh, just because I know that. Chivalry is something that all women aspire to have. You know, everyone dreams of romantic walks on the beach and, you know, barefoot and, you know, getting married and, you know, all that stuff. And that is a big part of chivalry. So we're going to talk about what it is, what it's not, how to get it, what it looks like, why it's not happening on a large scale uh, in in today's society, and even more specifically in the black community. That's going to be the, our, our focal point tonight. Uh, but obviously there's some other things that we have to talk about. Uh, as well, this is Advice Mondays, so uh, if you guys have any questions or comments or topics you'd like to discuss, situations you need uh, feedback on, definitely feel free to call in live, uh, press the number one on your keypad, to uh, in, uh, dial 646-200-0366. Uh, I'm excited, Courtney is here with me tonight. Courtney, how's it going this evening? Good, how are you? I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I know uh, over the course of your life, you have always aspired to, to have chivalrous treatment. You know, at this point in your life, you help women identify uh, through private counseling what that looks like, how to get it. How do you feel about tonight's topic? I am so excited to talk about it. I really am. All right. Well, let's do it. Obviously, there's some other things that we want to talk about tonight. Um, it's funny, you know, I didn't plan on spending a lot of time talking about this, but um, you know, there's been some some debates. There's been some uh, a couple of posts from last night about uh, BT's special on Black Girls Rock. Courtney, are you a are you a black girl who rocks? I am a black girl who rocks, but I did not watch the special yesterday. The show. What the heck does that even mean? Black girls rock. I mean, like, what is that? What 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 what, what is the meaning of that of that special? <laughs> it's to uplift black women. I mean, I, that's what I always thought it was to show, like, you know, how powerful we are and our accomplishments. I want to talk about that. I want to talk about <laughs> black girls rock before we even go any further with tonight's show. And I want to start off with it because tonight's not going to be a terribly long show. Um, so I just want to, you know what I mean? Like, I, you guys know me. I'm a, someone who doesn't bite my tongue. I keep it honest. I keep it real. And the reality is there is no reason why there should be a show entitled Black Girls Rock. You know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest with you guys. You know what I'm saying? And that's just me being real. The reason why I say that, is because we live in a society, you know, 2013, where 
you know, we are very much so consumed with racial issues, with race, with equality, and things like that. You know, and I just, I mean, I say what's on my mind, and the reality is last night when I saw that, I'm not saying that they were, you know, we shouldn't recognize our own people because we should. But when you, I mean, to be honest with you, even the network, you know, if there was a station that was entitled or, or named itself White Entertainment Television, Latino Entertainment Television, Mexican Entertainment Television, I mean, it's something that would be, for me, would be divisive. Um, you know, that's, that's like the best way I can think to say it. You know, I don't think that there's anything that, for me, it's kind of like, if we want to be viewed as equal, it's kind of like the whole affirmative, affirmative action thing, which I'm not really a fan of. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can honor our people, but let's just do it within the context of what's already in place. On one hand, we have people complaining that there's no there's no black people on Saturday Night Live. You know what I'm saying? There's no black females on Saturday Night Live. Okay, so, so you, you separate us as if to say we are not on the same level as you guys. You know, it's like kind of like, um, you know, if you complain about the Oscars, you know, there's no black people being recognized by the Academy Awards. So we go out and create our own Academy Awards. You know what I'm saying? Like some type of, you know, low-grade, you know, something to recognize. I mean, like it's basically saying, well, because we're not on that level to be recognized on the big stage, the main stage, let's go ahead and create something else. You know, and I'm just saying, and one of the things I said on Facebook was that I said all hell would break loose, all right, if there was a program entitled White Girls Rock. And I think we really have to be honest. That was, a, you know, a lot of people had different things to say about it, but the reality is that is a true statement, okay? I don't care if, I mean, because we've got to be honest. If, if, we as, if, if we as the people want to recognize our women and women want to be recognized, they want to recognize themselves. If any other race said, okay, this is something that we want to do, and a network supported that, and black men, you know, white men, Latino men, like all types of people supported a show that said white girls rock, that would be a problem. Courtney, is that? I mean, I'm just being. I'm, I'm asking you honestly. Do you think that that on a large scale that the black community would support something that any? I'm not even just focusing on white people, but that any other race decided they, you know, we want to have a white girls rock and call it that, and we want to celebrate our people, white men rock. You know what I'm saying? Like that would be a. Would that not be an issue? That would be a huge issue. You would see a lot of people protesting. You would probably see riots. They may call Al Sharpton. But it would just be like a huge deal. It really would. It, it would be a very big deal. And I think that, and I'm not saying that, like, I don't want people to think that I'm saying that we shouldn't recognize it, you know, our own people or we shouldn't do certain things. But I really, and I'm not even, like, I know what it is. I'm not someone, you guys know me, I, I'm, a, I'm definitely a realist. I live in a, um, you know, how things are type of mindset. I'm, I don't live with rose-colored glasses on. I know what it is. I'm just being honest as far as what it would be if if somebody else decided to do that. And I said on that thread that hypocrisy, you know, is at a all-time high in the black community. 
And I think we need to start being honest with ourselves about that, you know, because there is no, you can't say let's have this for us, but if somebody else says let's have this for us, we have a problem with it. You know, that's the epitome of hypocrisy. And so that's really all I wanted to say about that. You know, if anybody has questions or comments, you know, we'll open up the phone lines in a little bit. But, you know, like I said, there's not even really too much to say about it other than that. Um, I would encourage us all just to support. You know, not to support black, not to support white, not to support, you know what I'm saying? Like, let's just be positive. Let's just love. You know, let's recognize respectability. Let's recognize godliness. You know, if somebody is doing something special, something noteworthy, let's support them, whether they're white, whether they're black, whether they're Asian, whether they're Hispanic. Let's say, wow, you rock. You know what I mean? And I think that that is one of the ways that we can all, from a global perspective, you know, grow as a people. Not as a race, but as a people, as brothers and sisters of this world together. So that's just my views on it. And I figured I would I would share. Now that being said, there was now and again I'm not saying that I, there wasn't some positivity that could be taken from the show. You know, um, one of the things that I said earlier on uh, in the day or earlier in the broadcast about was about a young woman who was honored, uh, Misty Copeland. Who was someone who I wasn't, I'd heard the name before, but I wasn't really, I never took the time to really uh, look at her and, um, you know, follow her career or anything like that. But, uh, you know, she was, she's a ballerina and, um, you know, has been doing so on a very large scale for, for quite some time now. Evidently one of the, I think the only African-American, uh, you know, uh, female who, who does that, and, you know, in that on that level in this country, which is, uh, which is an accomplishment in and of itself. But I wanted to say, in addition to that, you know, we talk a lot about black women here. You know, and we're not saying we, it's not about, you know, you guys know what we do here on this show. This show isn't about bashing, it's not about criticizing, but it's about really uplifting and empowering black women with the information from the perspective of, hey, look, this is what it means to be a virtuous woman from a biblical perspective. This is what it means to be a great black woman from a, a you know, as a potential wife in regards to what black men look for in that special woman. So anything we do is, is specifically for that purpose. And so, But, you know, in doing that, we talk a lot about what's not being seen out here. And so I've, I felt like tonight it would be a good idea just because you don't – I'll be honest with you. There are very, 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 very few women in today's society bet- between the ages of, you know – 18 and and 45 that I can point to from a public perspective and say that is a beautiful, sexy, classy, successful black woman. I honestly, I, there are very few that I can even think of. You know, and and you guys know that. I and mean, if you listen to this show, you very rarely ever hear me mention anyone just because of the lack of respectability that exists in today's society amongst successful single black women on a, on a national level. And I saw her, this young woman, Misty Copeland, as a very stunningly beautiful woman. You know, I even told my wife that, you know what I'm saying? Uh, gorgeous woman, just from a physical perspective, but from, you know, very well-spoken, very articulate. Um, but she had a very, um, I don't know what you want to call it. 
she just she looked she looked like a wife. She had that, you know, still had some makeup on, still presented herself in a respectable professional way, but it was very toned down. It wasn't like excessive. The hair appeared to be real. You know, it it appeared to be. I'm gonna say that if it was, if it wasn't, it definitely appeared to me. I, I consider myself to be an expert on spotting weaves. So, it, from my perspective, it seemed like it was all real, um, and she just seemed like a very beautiful one. So I'm just saying, ladies, if, you know, if that's someone who you, if you've been wondering, like, hmm, well, that who the heck does he think is, you know, beautiful, or who who might be someone to aspire to be like, just from a physical perspective, from a professional perspective, she stood out as someone who. Um, Struck me as a pretty good example. Did you, are you familiar with Misty Copeland, Courtney? I wasn't until yesterday when I saw the picture posted. So I saw her then. But, yeah, she's very, very beautiful, very beautiful woman. And she does give off a very um, classy vibe. I've never heard her speak or anything, but just looking at pictures, um, yeah, she she appears to be, you know, very respectable. I mean, I think that's a good example. But here's the funny part, though. Um, I did see people kind of hating on the low, you know, comments. What was say? You know, what was say? Well, um, I saw someone say, well, is she even black or something like that? It was just crazy. Like, why would it even matter what race she was? It was like people were trying to point out what they perceived to be Negative. Um, right. So that's what I saw. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think I did see that, and you know, I mean, we get we all we get really caught up in in race. I mean, I think people need to understand. I this is how I look at it, and this is I know there's no official, you know, barometer for like you know how to classify someone. I mean, I feel like you classify yourself how you want to classify yourself first and foremost. If you consider yourself to be black then you're black. You know what I'm saying? It's not for me to say you're not black or you don't look black. I mean, if you're black, if you call yourself black, you know what you have in you. You know how you were raised. You know your ethnicity. You know what I mean? You're you're black. But aside from that, when you take it back, you know, historically, I feel like if you would have been called a nigger or a nigger, I should say, then you're black. You know, I shouldn't say then you're black, Then, they, but basically you have that, you're allowed to say that. Because back then, anybody with just a, a drop of of black in them, any type of black, I mean, you were a nigger. You know what I'm saying? So if you would have been called that in slave times, if you would have been out in the field or, you know what I'm saying, a house nigger, I mean, then, then that that's that's your past right there. Um, but aside from that, you know, if you know, she's a light-skinned woman. My wife is light-skinned. I mean, that's like people, I think people get caught up. If you, it's like if you're light-skinned, you know, or you have you know, Indian in you, or, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, if your dad is black and your mom is, you know, whatever, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're basically black. You know what I mean? You, you, right. you may be mixed with something, but you're still black. You understand? So, I mean, you know, it is what it is, man. People, We just need to, like, really become comfortable with ourselves because there is a lot of hate. In fact, I saw something disgusting. And, you know, don't get me wrong. You know, we'll talk about sugar. We got some time tonight. We'll get into it. But I was just absolutely disgusted, man. Like, really, it, it turned my stomach at the level of disgust. I almost wanted to, you know, pull over. I'm driving down the street, and, um, you know, if you guys are from Philly, shout out to everyone who's from Philly listening. You know, you, you probably have heard of Martin Luther King uh, High School. And ironically, 
Martin Luther King High School is one of the most ghetto and one of the most violent and one of the most disgusting schools in the entire city of Philadelphia, ironically and almost inappropriately called, named Martin Luther King High School, because that school doesn't even deserve the name of someone like that uh, to be associated with it, as far as the foolishness that goes on there day in and day out and has been going on, you know, since I was a child. You know, I remember my mom and dad both said they would starve and, and, and both walk around butt naked before they would ever send me to an establishment like that. And I have the same mentality about my daughter. You know, it's just disgusting, which is a whole nother show as far as the level of our schools and the levels of of just – because people want to blame it on the city. And and I'm just so sick of people blaming the city. I mean, and they're – you know, the city is responsible for certain things from a budgeting perspective, but it really all comes down to the people, you know, I don't care if there was all types of money in that school. It would still be niggas. It would still be disgusting. It would still be fights. It would still be ignorance. And we need to start taking responsibility, you know what I'm saying, for for, for us and the lack of parenting and the lack of home training. You know, because I mean, cause the, you can't blame that on the city. You can't blame that on education funding. You got to blame that on these people and the homes that they come from. And what I saw when I was driving, I saw this this young woman who who looked like she could have been Hispanic, you know, maybe Puerto Rican, maybe like maybe even Mexican. I'm not sure, but she was definitely a fair-skinned woman, had long, you know, curly hair, and um, she was just really being bullied. Looked like she had just got done fighting. You know, you can always spot a fight because it's always like all a whole big crowd of people. And it was just like you could tell something was going on and, like, she was crying and this other girl, people were holding her back, this big, fat, black, you know what I'm saying, young woman. And it was just a stereotypical ghetto chick, you know, what appeared to be hating on a young woman who was clearly an attractive young woman, did not want any part of the foolishness, but just caught up in the drama, you know what I mean? And and it's just sickening to see that type of stuff because – you know, I'll be honest with you. My, I'm obviously a brown-skinned man. My wife is very light. My daughter is somewhere in between the two of us. And, you know, every day, I mean, she's obviously a very attractive, my daughter, you know, a beautiful young woman will be beautiful. Well, she's a baby now, but you know what I mean? She probably will have to deal with, you know, people hating. And I'm just telling you, you know what I'm saying? I'm not the one for that foolishness. But, you know, we need to get away from that. We did a show here maybe about a year ago. On uh, light skin versus dark skin, you know, in that whole, I know you remember that show, Courtney, man, you may remember that. Check out the archives if you missed that show, light skin versus dark skin. And just the, where we are as a people from a, a, a color standpoint, a complexion standpoint, and the, the hate that it often exists and the, the bullying and the discrimination and things like that. I'm just saying, so I just wanted to let you know I witnessed that. I mean, you know, you hear about it, but it was just really disgusting to see that. And I actually did pull over for a little bit just to kind of watch to, to make sure nothing nothing crazy happened. But yeah, it was um, yeah, it's it's just a shame. It's, our society, man, is just is just horrible that that stuff even goes on. And I'm not saying it doesn't happen in other societies and other cultures, but I think we all know, you know, what I'm saying what what it is. You know, I grew up in an all white elementary school. You know what I'm saying? And you know, never was there anything like that. You know, in fact, me and my buddy, my buddy Chuck, were one of two students, two black students, 
you know, in the whole sixth grade. The whole, you know, sixth grade was white. You know what I'm saying? We were one of two. And, uh, you know, and it's just it's just totally different in other parts of the of the of the country, other parts of the city, other races, and we as a people really need to do we need we need to do better. Any thoughts on that, Courtney? I'm sure as a matter of fact, have you ever been the the recipient or, you know, a victim of description or discrimination, excuse me, based on complexion or anything like that? Um, no, I I can't say that I was a victim. Oh, of you it. were the bully, um, huh? You were the bully, huh? No. Okay. No, I wasn't that either. Don't try to play me on this show. No, um, but I, I can say I've seen that before. I've seen uh, the light skinned girls being bullied. Actually, I've seen I've seen two extremes. So, because I went to all girls school, all girl high school, and so I saw that pretty much all the time. Um, you know, the light skinned girls would get they would either get picked on. Um, like really bad, or it would be the opposite. They would be like put on this like huge pedestal, and um, you know treated like they were um, you know just the best thing since sliced bread. So it was like one or the other. I've seen it both, but it all goes back to um, you know the bullies and the the lack of comfort you know with themselves and um, not loving themselves, and that's why they treated you know the women that way. And it's either case, in either case. It's still sad to see, and even to this day, like the story that you just said, it's just so sad to see that, you know, we're still picking at each other. It's like we, um, we're we not united at all. It's just, it's really sad. Yeah, it's, it's sad. You know, it's definitely sad. We actually spent a good deal of time talking about that on uh, Friday. I'm not sure if you guys were out. A lot of you tuned in for my special on how to avoid being labeled a trick or a freak. Our post-Halloween special, definitely uh, check that out if you missed it. You know, we went in for three straight hours. We ended at 12 o'clock, so definitely a, a, a – I mean, there wasn't anything we didn't talk about. Like, there, I couldn't even begin to tell you what we all talked about on that show. Like, we literally talked about probably more topics than we've ever talked about in one show in the history of this show. So definitely uh, that was a show you did not want to miss uh, on that. But, yeah, so let's just, you know, let's all just try to do a better job of uniting. I actually see a call on the line from the uh, 954. We can jump into the phone lines real quick, see what's going on, 646-200-0366. You have comments about BT, Black Girls Rock, Chivalry, pretty much anything you guys want to talk about. But I do see a call from the 954 area code. Welcome to the Day Don Tolbert Show. Hi, Day Don. Hi, Courtney. How are you guys? Hey, good, Hello. good. How are you? I'm doing well. I've just been listening to um, your first segment, and I did want to just um, kind of pick your brains a little bit about colorism and um, how you feel about um, at one spectrum you have people that talk about how integration would be, you know, the best thing for everyone, but on another spectrum you have people who talk about how if um, integration never happened, our race would be better off. So I just wanted to pick your brain about that a little bit. Now, when you say integration, you talking? I mean, w- describe exactly specifically what you mean by integration. Well, I mean integration as a whole, not only um, integration of our schools, of um, you know the black kids going into the white schools, but also integration in terms of you know media, how what you talked about about you know BT and you know other black programs. I just wanted to kind of get your opinion on how you feel 
segregation in terms of us um, making ourselves special in ways that we kind of promote ourselves, how you feel that is beneficial versus just integrating or getting washed into society, basically. Okay, great. I appreciate the call. Where are you calling in from? I'm calling from Florida. Florida. This is what I say. The reason why I asked you to clarify, just because, you know, we could take that a whole lot of different ways. We could go all the way back to, you know, the abolition of slavery. We could talk about, uh, you know, the abolition of, of, of segregation as, as far as schools, you know, back in the, you know, early 50s and, and 60s and things like that. Um, you know, but, yeah, I'm glad she clarified, you know, from that perspective. But, I mean, how I feel about it is, you know, I think that, I think that, you know, obviously we should not be – segregation has no place in today's society of any kind. You know, I'm all about equality. You know, I feel like I personally can do anything as good as anybody, regardless what race, regardless of whatever. I want to be um, – you know, we've done shows in the past on affirmative action. I'm not into that. You know, I don't need any affirmative action. If, if if I can't get a job based on my qualifications, I don't want that job. I do not want a job. Anything I've ever had in my life, I've gotten on my own merit. So, and I, I'm not saying that it hasn't benefited people in certain, you know, careers or things like that. I know that racism is still very much so alive and well in this country, but that's just me personally. I don't want any any handouts. You know, I think that if we as a people want to be viewed as equal, then we have to, uh, you know, we want to, like I said, kind of said earlier, like I don't, I don't think we need a black girl's rock. I think that's racist, to be honest with you, to be 100% honest, and I think it's racist, and I think it's hypocritical. And I do, I honestly, to be real with you, I don't even think there should be a black entertainment television. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just I when I think, when I see these things, I automatically reverse it, and it's like, okay, well, what if it was this? And if and I don't care if people want to say, well, you know, it would be, you know, you know, three hundred Black History Month. I don't think that we should have that. Well, every every other month is White History Month, and every other station is white. No, I'm not into that, you know, because that's not necessarily true. You know what I'm saying? So there are black shows on white networks. There are black actors and actresses, actresses in white movies. You know what I'm saying? So we don't need our, and I don't think we should have our own specific entertainment station. I mean, that specifically focuses and caters to black people. Now, I, like Oprah, for example. You know what I'm saying? I, I have no problem with OWN. That's her network. She shows what she wants to show. She shows some black shows. She shows some white shows. You know, she shows her shows. Like, I have no problem with that, but that's a, a network owned by a black woman. It is what it is. You know, Diddy has a network coming out. He's going to offer a variety of programs. Let's get back to that. Let's have some entrepreneurship. We don't need to focus on race. How can we say we want racism to be dead and everyone to be equal, but we're singling ourselves out from from everybody else? So I don't know. That's just that's just my personal views, though. I mean, I think that we need um, more stuff to try to blend in with the rest of society. You know, we need to. You know, you see some people, you know, in black power. You know, holding your hand up with the black fist, but a white person says white power holding their hand up. That you know they're supporting Hitler, and that's it's like a whole different thing. I'm just you know it is. There's really no difference. I'm just, that's just my views. I'm sure people feel differently, but any, what, what are your thoughts real quick? 
Yeah, I mean, I just would say briefly that um, I think when we do things like that, we have things specific to ourselves, uh, the television networks and, um, you know, a lot of different things to promote our race. I think it's actually causing us to regress than to to progress because, it's, it, it, in my opinion, it encourages a lack of accountability. So it's like when things go wrong, it's like because we have the Black Girls Rock, because we have... Um, you know, black entertainment television, because we have all this stuff for us, when things go on that can per- be perceived as being, uh, you know, racially motivated, we're quick to jump, jump on the bandwagon because we automatically want to say, no, it's nothing that we did. It's your fault. It's your fault. This, is, this happened because of slavery and this happened because of that. And so I think that, um, you know, promoting things that are specific to our culture, it does not help. Um, at all. Yeah, yeah, you know, I have no problem with um, you know, celebrating your yourself, celebrating your race, having pride in, you know, your background, your history, your culture. I mean, I'm all for that. You know, that's what really on a on a large scale that's what this show is about. I have no problem with saying we are the only show in the world, specific and definitely in this country that that focuses on empowering black women. Helping black women—that's our passion here. That's my passion here on this show, you know. And so I have no problem. But you know, we're not going to call ourselves, you know, the Black Data on Tolbert Show, you know, or anything like that. You know what I'm saying? It's just this is my show. This is what I want to talk about. This is my passion, and it just so happens to be, you know, our race, you know. But I don't know. It is what it is. Um, I see another couple. We'll take calls though. You know what I mean? Like I know this is a, you know, I like this this show historically has been an open forum for you guys to voice your opinions on issues you're passionate about, agree, disagree. You know, phone lines are always open anytime we're live, 646-200-0366. Hit the number one on your keypad if you have a question or comment. I uh, see another call from the 313 area code. Welcome to uh, Advice Mondays. I don't watch them. I've watched, I've watched, I've watched, I've watched shows on there before. Are you there? Man, whatever this, I've watched all right, over they, there before, they, but that's not the same thing as. They're talking about some craziness, Courtney. They got a, <laughs> they having an argument. I want to eavesdrop. I want to eavesdrop. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you know, see, Courtney, we don't work on you, man. <laughs> <laughs> it was getting good on? for a second. <laughs> see, now this is this is what I'm talking about, guys. That's you, now you know that they were black right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? You already know. <laughs> No question about that. You know, typical niggas. They're not paying attention, not listening. You know, it is what it is. No, but one th- one last thing I wanted to say about Black Girls Rock was, um, uh, you know, the funny thing is, you know, here's the interesting part about it. Here you have a show, you know, let's celebrate black women. You know, you had different things being celebrated, you know, uh, athletes, um, you know, entertainment, uh, social activism and different things like that. You know, and, and people were, you know, they you rock because you do this well. Well, I said, okay, well, I, let me get in on the action. Can I, can, I, I love black women. I want to celebrate black women. So I put up a Facebook status post. I said, well, black girls who wear their real hair, you guys rock. That's what I said. That's <laughs> what I'm passionate about. That's what I think is great. That's what, I mean, everything else is all cool. That's great and all, but for me... You know, a black woman in today's society who is who is comfortable enough within herself, you know, to defy the media's uh, definition of beauty, 
you know, that says you have to look white to, to be beautiful. You have to have fair skin. You have to have long, straight hair, you know, to be uh, our definition of what we have decided beautiful is going to be for this, you know, this time period. You know, and you, you're okay with yourself to defy that and say, hey, look, no, I'm beautiful with an afro. I'm beautiful with a short little bob. It might not be down my back. It might not be down in my butt, but it's mine. It's real. You know, for me, you women who do that are sexy. Women who do that are beautiful. Women who do that are special. And and I know the men, may, they may remain in the shadows. They may remain silent. But they definitely voice their opinions behind closed doors in many cases that they absolutely love those types of women and seek out those types of women to marry. Every man I've met in the last 10 to 15, 20 years has specifically said, man, I'm so sick of these weaves. I can't wait to find a woman who is who is natural and real and weave-free to put a ring on the finger of. You know, in addition to the other things we talk about that define a great woman, but that's always historically been, a, 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 you know, a, a talking point around, you know, why we're not selling down what we look for in a wife. So I, I just wanted to celebrate. And I didn't say anything negative. I wasn't bashing women with the weaves. or I, You know, it's your per- preference. But for me, I wanted to celebrate just for a little bit the beautiful women who rock their – you guys have no idea how beautiful you look coming out the hair salon, hair flowing, real hair. You know what I'm saying? Like that is beautiful. That is sexy to me. You don't understand? There's nothing like that. I love when my wife comes home out the hairdresser, just just nothing, it just flowing, just out. Got it all curled up, all nice, smelling all good. I say, come here, girl. You know what I mean? Love it. Courtney, how, you being a woman who's also natural, who wears her real hair, when you saw that post, how did it make you feel? It made me feel good. Um, it really did because I, I really appreciated it um, because I appreciate my real hair. And the, the reason it means so much because it was a journey for me because I I didn't always appreciate my real hair. And so it, it took a while and it took a journey to get to where I am now. But I do see now, like, as a natural, how beautiful, you know, real hair is. You know, whether it's natural or relaxed, as long as it's yours, like, that is so beautiful and so I just wanted to say thank you because I appreciate it but then I, I did see those you know the cycles had to come in and say some stuff but you know that didn't take away from the truth of your comment absolutely I mean see I don't make comments that aren't true you know what I mean like I make co- comments that are often labeled as controversial or different things like that but I mean I basically say what everybody's thinking that people just don't want to say in fact I meant to say this on Friday night I've been, I've you know done a lot of things in my life you know, but one of my personal greatest accomplishments, um, something that made me feel as good as anything has, that's ever been, you know, said to me or done for me professionally, was on uh, last Saturday when I told you guys I did the speaking engagement over at uh, Jones Memorial Church for the, the all women's group. Great crowd of maybe 100, 150 women. And I was speaking, and I spoke for maybe 30 minutes. And, uh, we had some fun up there, you know, with the ladies. And um, one of the things that I, you know, I w- went back to my seat, and a, you know, maybe a 70, 75 year old man, he approached me afterwards, and he, you know, I was sitting down, you know, I stood up, you know, he looked me in my eye, and he said, "Young man, I just want to thank you for saying the things 
that I've always wanted to say and that are on the minds of all men, you know, and so thank you. He said you did an excellent job. You know, I don't know. I don't even know who he was or why he was even there. But I don't know if he was a maintenance man or you know another vendor. I don't know what he was, but he just said, you know, I just want to thank you for for speaking up for us. You know, and honestly, that meant a lot to me because you know we live in a society, you know, where there's so many men out here who have opinions. There's so many men who have thoughts that will never be heard by the mainstream media, just because they're you know they're people put in place like the Steve Harveys of the world, you know, who who pretty much want you to think that we think something that isn't even remotely on our mind. In fact, randomly, I was getting my car worked on today, in fact, getting my car worked on. Actually, my wife's car worked on, and uh, I was just talking to the guy doing the work on the car, and he actually saw one of my flyers in the, you know, in the the door, you know, the uh, compartment on the door, and he was like, oh, what's this? He was, he was like, oh, relationship counseling? I was like, yeah, I do some relationship counseling. I also do a talk show. He's like, for real? Okay. So we just got to talking about relationships. He's like, man, that's good. I'm glad you're doing that, man, because, um, you know, these these ladies out here, man, they just, they, a lot of them just don't know what's up. They don't know what we want. They 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 on some other stuff. I said, I said, trust me. I know. He said, and I on everything. I don't like to swear. I know what the Bible, but I will put this on every. I don't want y'all to think I make anything of I will you know, this is, uh, y'all know me, I say what I mean, I say the truth. This is exactly what he said. He said, man, I'm going to tell y'all, man, a big, big part of the problem out here, he's like, you know, I don't know if you're a fan of him or what, but, you know, a big part of the problem, I said, wait, <laughs> I said, let me guess. I was like, what, you talking about Steve Harvey? He's like, yeah, man. You know what I mean? He's like, Cause I don't know. He's like, oh, you got to be careful now. A lot of people love this dude. And I said, <laughs> so you don't have to worry about that with me. You know what I mean? We started to talk. And I said, well, what issue do you have? And I swear on everything, he immediately went into that whole 90-day thing. You know what I'm saying? We just got to talking about how he was telling me how he personally back in the day has strung women along for 90 days. And you guys have all heard my stories. I'm like, yeah, 90 days is nothing. You know, and he's like, especially if he got like two or three other, you know, chicks he's knocking off, I was like, yeah, exactly. That's that's the whole point. I was like, exactly. Like, you know, that's why it's ludicrous. And uh, so it's just a lot of, I say all that to say there's a lot of misinformation being given out here on a large scale that has caused women to think black men want this or black men think like this, which is really just totally false. And so, you know, hearing that man, you know, 75 years old, has lived life, and and sees it, you know, has seen it from all types of different perspectives, and really said, he's like, wow, man, I've really never really heard someone deliver that type of realness, you know, to a crowd of women like that. I was, you know, it just meant a lot to me, so I wanted to share that uh, with you guys. Any quick thoughts on that, Courtney? Those are um, really good stories. It just really it confirms everything that we talk about, and so I really don't have much to add to it, um, but I, I did enjoy it. Yeah, yeah it was... Um, you know, like I said, that very that that definitely that's something I'll remember for the rest of my life. You know, and I think that may have even been God's way of just confirmation. You know, I keep all the testimonies and things like that in the folder I tell you guys about, but that's something that will go into my my mental my mental folder. So it was a good time. A couple other things that I wanted to get into. Like when we we're going to be talking about chivalry tonight, but really all of this is tied in. You know, believe it or not, because if we're going to talk about chivalry. The most important part of discussing is chivalry dead because a lot of women, when you talk about chivalry, you know, women want to jump right into, 
well, you know, what men are not doing. But you really can't talk about what is not being done without talking about what is being done from both men and women out here in today's society and why chivalry is not what it was back in 1940, 1930, 1960. Because I hear that a lot. You know, like I said, we do this special once a year. This is, you know, this is, you know, if you guys have been listening over the last six years, you know this is something we, we address yearly. Um, and uh, a lot of time. in fact, I, I posted about it months ago, and I just reposted it today. I'll read it. I said that we live in a world, we live in a society where thug is the new gentleman, promiscuous is the new virtuous, street smart is the new book smart, slutty is the new classy, deadbeat is the new loving father, ho is the new respectable, and friends with benefits is the new loving relationship. And I went on to say that the black community is going downhill fast. You know, we have to stop settling for mediocrity and do better. And you, I just thought of another one we can add to that. Abortion is the new pregnancy. You know what I'm saying? The new, the new happy delivery. Because I mean, let's just be honest. That's what's. There's more abortions than there are children being born in the black community. And you guys know that, right? And so I think that we have to, as a people, you know, we have to all of the, we have to understand that all of those things that I just mentioned are exactly why chivalry is not, I'm not going to say it's dead, because chivalry, you know, is definitely not dead. You know, they're definitely chivalrous men, and there are women being treated in a chivalrous manner. So that can't say something's dead when there, it still exists in certain places, but it's definitely not what it was because of the things I just mentioned. You know, if you had, first of all, I mean, we can even start with the men. We'll definitely talk about the women. We can start with the men, because if thug is the new gentleman, you know, we've got to ask yourself, well, what is a thug? Well, a thug is someone who lives a thuggish lifestyle, a street lifestyle, you know, a, a criminal lifestyle. Someone who generally grew up without a father, generally grew up without manners, you know, without someone to teach them right from wrong, someone to teach them, you know, uh, without someone to teach them what side of the plate the silverware goes on, the fork goes on, the the knife goes on, the dessert spoon. What side of the plate the 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 uh, the water, you know, glass goes on, the wine glass goes on. What you know, what I'm saying like I had my job as a child was to set the table. You understand that for Thanksgiving, I know all that stuff. That's what we had to do. You understand these are things that were taught to me by my father, by my mother. By my grandfather, by my, you know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that people need to know. You know, what side of the street to walk on when you're walking with a woman. You know what I'm saying? You walk on the, by, by the curb, and that's to ensure that a car doesn't, really, if a car slides up on the, the curb, it will, it'll hit you and not her. That's what that's all about. You understand that? These are things that were taught to me, you know, how to button a suit jacket. You know, you never. No matter how many buttons it has, you never button the bottom button. You see more and more men nowadays walking around with both buttons buttoned, looking ridiculous. Never had a father to teach them. Hey, look, that's not how you do it. You understand that? How to tie a tie? 
how to fold the handkerchief to go in the, you know what I'm saying, your breast pocket. I mean, these are all things that black men need to be taught from black men. And no disrespect to the single moms, but you can't teach a young boy how to be a man. That's why we focus so much on how to become a successful single mother. You're a successful single mother when you find love, when you position yourself to be blessed with a stepfather for your child, your children, a husband for you. That is success. We are the only society that rewards mediocrity. We're the only society who makes it cool to be single. No other society, no other culture, no other race in the world rewards that type of crap. You will never hear a song like Single Ladies or Independent Woman being played and uplifted in other cultures. That is something specific for African American women. And that's all you know, that's obviously a media tactic to, you know, keep us oppressed, but it you know, it, we, we fall for the trick hook, line and sinker. So what I'm saying is from a from a chivalry standpoint it all starts with how you were raised. Chivalry usually is not something that you, you know, like they say, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, you know, but, I mean, which is, which is, there's a lot of truth to that. You know, if you were grown, I mean, we, I'm how I am now with my wife only because I was taught certain things as a boy and because uh, I was taught certain things by my father and by my mother, but mo- most importantly because I saw how my father was chivalrous to my mother. I saw how chivalrous my grandfather was to my grandmother. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are things that I grew up seeing. You know how they say it takes a village to raise a child? That's, that's because you're seeing multiple perspectives of as far as how to be versus how not to be. You're not just seeing one, you know, one set of parents. You're not just getting a butt whipping from one set of parents. Nowadays, let you try to tell somebody else's child, hey, look, don't, you know what I'm saying, don't do that. that. You know, either they're cussing you out, the child is cussing you out, and the parents want to fight you for disciplining their child. I actually went to a school, you guys can look it up, or uh, excuse me, a camp. Uh, it was entitled Camp Nazarene. Shout out to anyone who may be listening who knows about Camp Nazarene. It was over in Lahaska, Pennsylvania. Camp Nazarene was a Christian-based uh, overnight camp and uh, where people would come from Philly, and people would come from New York, and it was great. You know, what I mean, we, there were classes. It was like set up like it wasn't a school, but it was a camp. But they had like a, a arts and crafts, uh, you know, class. You know, it was like we went from class to class: physical education, arts and crafts, swimming. Um, you know, like uh, we had like a little part where we would do dramatic presentations and then present them in front of. Uh, you know, the the whole camp later on that evening. You know, it was just a fun time. Like, we would go for, for two-week increments. And it was great because they told you straight up, you know, hey, this is a, you know, we are a Christian camp. But if your child is a problem, we're going to discipline your problem. I mean, excuse me, we're going to discipline your child. And that problem will be solved when you when they return home to you. Now, we were coming from, you know, I mean, certain people were coming from the worst parts of Philly, bad parts of New York. You know, and I saw kids getting beat, you know what I'm saying, with belts. But it wasn't anything done. A lot of people say, well, I, I would never send my child. So, you know, well, you need to, you know what I'm saying, because that's a problem. My parents, and they even made you sign a consent form. If you have a problem with us disciplining your child, if they need it, 
then don't send your child here because we love these kids and we want these kids to be the best. So we're not, it wasn't any abuse, and I went there for my whole, you know, almost every year, my whole, and I went on to become a, a counselor there, a junior counselor in my teams, you know, one summer. So I'm just saying it was a great place, but imagine something like that today probably wouldn't go over so well because they, these parents know that their kids are bad and they don't beat their kids, so they certainly don't want anybody else beating their kids. And so all I'm saying is because there's not the village there used to be back in 1940, 1950, 1960, 1970, 1980, even 1990, you know, when that's where chivalry is, is birthed, you know. But if you, you know once you, you destroy the black family, now everybody's a single mom, single dad, you know, and that's just what, how people are brought up. Where is the chivalry, chivalry being taught? You know, like, I mean, honestly, and this is no disrespect to the women, but honestly, if, if, if you never receive chivalrous treatment, you know, which is most likely one of the reasons why you are, in fact, a single mom, not, you know, and I'm not saying that it's necessarily that, but in most cases, you know, things did not work out with the guy. He, did, he treated you like crap in, in many cases. You know, so obviously there was no chivalry there. What's the likelihood you're going to teach your daughter, hey, look, this is what you should not settle for from a man? What's the likelihood you're going to teach your son how to be chivalrous to a woman if you never were treated chivalrously? You know, if you were someone's jump off. I turned on Power 99 this morning, which is one of the major longest running uh, hip hop stations in Philadelphia, and I was disgusted. To hear that the topic, the number one rated morning show in all of Philadelphia, which is one of the top five markets in all of the country as far as listenership, the number one topic, that what they're discussing this morning, and you guys know the morning shows is, is the most highest rated time of the day where people listen to the radio. You know what their topic was? Age. How old is too old to be a side chick? Can you believe that? What? Are they serious? How wow. old is too old? And if you anyone who's in Philly and you listen to the radio, you heard that this morning. Like I said, Philly's a you know, we're talking about millions of people listening. That's the for for like from six AM to like ten AM, that's all they're talking about. Like how to how old is too old? And I tried to call in. I try, I was on a, a line I just wanted to call in and just tell them. First of all I was gonna rip them a new one for, for just as a station and as host for, for, for talking about such foolishness and that being part of the problem. You know what I'm saying? I was just going to tell him that. But unfortunately, like I said, I had some stuff to do, and I was on hold for far too long. But, uh, you know, that's a problem. Because you have so many kids on their way to school listening to the radio. Forget the fact that you shouldn't be a side chick at all. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's too much like, you know, common sense. You know, you know, require more. You know, chivalry is not dead. Chivalry is what you should look forward to. There, would you believe there were 40-year-old women, 50-year-old women, as well as teenage women, talking about, saying, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll take his, you know, I'll take her man and whatever. I'll be a side chick until I get tired of being a side chick. And, or, you know, you know after, after 35, you should, that's too old to be a side chick. Oh, so if, if after 35, so what's going on at 25? It, it's cool. It's cool to be a side chick at 25. Like it's cool to be somebody's, you know, to get HIV from 
having sex with somebody who's having sex with other people. Like, that's ridiculous. Because really what it goes back, and this is, all this is what I was going to say on the air, you know, in front of millions of people. I just, you know, just didn't get a chance to get through. But, you know, when you don't love yourself, when you don't respect yourself enough to require the best, to say I'm only, I'm not good enough to for you to love me and only me, for you to respect me and only me. You know what I'm saying? Like that that's a sad state of society. You know, it's a that's a miserable way of living life to say that, yeah, I know that, you know, on one hand you have a wife and I'm gonna have sex with you anyway. Or to say, Yeah, you're with me, but I know you have sex with other women, but I'm still gonna continue to be with you, whatever and you know, hopefully you'll change, you know, or I'm just gonna blame the woman and call her a bitch. But 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 not check you, not confront you, not leave you. You know what I'm saying? That's ridiculous. That is the epitome of low self esteem and I wanna talk to anyone. I wanna work with and how I've I helped so many women in the past who are in those exact situations. You guys see those advertisements. That's what I do every single day. Did about eight sessions today. You know, and I commend any woman who who is able to say, hey, look, yeah, that used to be me, but that's no longer me. I used to have low self-esteem and be a side chick, but not anymore. I now respect myself and will, will require men to respect me. That's what we need. That's where we need to be as a people. You know, that's what these pastors need to be telling these young women. Okay, that's the message that needs to be preached from the pulpit. In fact, I promise you, one of the next live shows you guys hear from us will be on fornication, and we're gonna give give the the speech, the sermon, do the show that everybody in the black community is afraid to talk about. What the Bible says about fornication, what Jesus Christ said, what God said in the Old Testament about how people were punished for sexual immorality. This is gonna. That's gonna. We actually already did this show maybe like two years ago from a biblical perspective on fornication. You probably can Google it, but we're gonna go ten times deeper and get even more real because that's the sermon that people are afraid to, uh, you know, tell their congregations that are filled with ninety percent black women. All these problems would go away if somebody, whether it's a father, an uncle, a pastor, somebody was not afraid to say black women. Keep your legs closed. You are beautiful. You require the best. Don't settle for less. All these problems that the black community would have if black men grew a set of testicles and said, black women, respect yourselves. You guys want to do a black girl's rock? You want to empower black women? Tell black women to respect themselves. Tell black women to stop stealing people's men. Stop being the side chick. Stop having unprotected sex. Stop having abortions. That's when the problems will go away. Our black women, going back historically to the beginning of time, were the queens, were the mothers, should be the backbone of society, of the black community. You guys are strong. The black family is strong. Look at Good Times. Look at the Cosby Show. Strong black women. Even Fresh Prince. I mean, any successful black family has a strong black woman who respects herself. When you have women who don't respect themselves, the whole family is jacked up. The husbands are in the street, the kids are, you know, wilding out, and the, the household is, does not run accordingly. People think that, oh, being submissive makes you weak. No, being submissive makes you strong. And being submissive is how the, the black family will, will survive. You understand that, guys? 
This is what people need to hear, and this is all tied in the chivalry. You understand? Because you have to be a strong black woman to get chivalrous treatment. These hoes don't get chivalrous treatment. How are you going to be a hoe and want to be treated chivalrously? How are you going to be a side chick but want chivalrous treatment? How are you going to have sex on the first date and then expect them to take you out the next night and spend $100 on you? That would be crazy. I could talk all night about this. Quinn, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, just everything you said just made me realize. I mean, we I could go on and on, but what I, I'll focus on is um, just how real it is out here and how prevalent these situations are, meaning, you know, the friends with benefit situations, the, you know, messing around with someone who's in a relationship or, you know, um, someone who's in a long-term relationship but that married. And that the reason that made me think about that was the topic of the radio show that you discussed a little bit earlier about how old is too old to be a side chick. The fact that that was even a topic just shows how popular that is and just how prevalent it is and how much of an epidemic it's become. Like, that's become the norm. When when you can have a topic like that and have people call in and have that be, you know, on for three hours, um, that says a lot about what's going on in the black community, and it's nothing to brag about. And I think a lot of women out there, you know, that are living that lifestyle and are being those friends with benefits, they think it's cute, you know, for the moment, but that's not a great lifestyle to live in. It's something I did in the past, and in the moment it was like, oh, I felt like everything was all good and it was fun, but when it was all said and done, I felt horrible and I was just very um, depressed, and I just realized I had to come to a point where I said, you know what, I want more than that, and I deserve more than that. And so I wish more black women thought that. Absolutely. Like you said, I mean, when you had, and again, I cannot stress enough, you know, this is one, I think they were nationally ranked as far as having like the ninth highest rated or the ninth best morning show team. It's the, uh, the, what is the breakfast, not the breakfast club, but it's called the, uh, whatever the heck you want to call it, I don't even know, but it's Power 99's morning show was ranked like the ninth best in in the whole country, and that's the best they can do is is, you know, are you, how old is too old to be a side chick? Not why are our young black women demeaning themselves and becoming side chicks, but how old is too old? And you should have just I listened to it for about I mean at least an hour, and I don't get a chance to listen to a lot of radio, but it's just you know it's just disgusting. You know, and no disrespect to any uh, anyone in radio, but the reality is they put people in these positions, you know, who are generally uneducated. You know, and I used to want to do that. You guys know me. I used to I used to start this show as a I started this show as a a stepping stone to maybe to hopefully get to mainstream radio about six years ago. You know, <laughs> believe it or not, now you couldn't pay me to go to to, to become a slave by working for the white man to destroy our community with foolishness. So I don't care. With this show right now, we're heard all over, you know, from Chicago to Florida to Cali. I mean, pretty much all over. And I don't care where you're listening from. Turn on your radio. Not right now, but maybe you're, turn on your morning show, and I promise you, you would basically hear someone ghetto, loud, obnoxious, talking about nothing. Courtney, am I lying about Chicago? No. <laughs> I've never even been to Chicago. I've never been to Chicago, and I've never heard Chicago radio, but I already know that that's the true fact about Chicago because it's a large market. You understand? There's a national attack on our people. 
You know, you don't put people every. I mean, you turn go to Philadelphia radio. You guys know who you are. You know what I'm saying? It's a bunch of niggas. The reason why you don't hear me on mainstream radio is because I'm not a nigger. I'm educated. I'm intelligent. I speak from a biblical perspective. I'm a strong black man, not a slave. You know what I'm saying? Willing to just say, oh, whatever you tell me to say, let's play these songs. Let's talk about nothing. The reason our motto here is real radio that matters. This crap, it doesn't matter if you're talking about how to not to be a side chick and this and that and, you know, how old is to be a side chick. I mean, this is foolishness. Every morning, day in and day out, foolishness. And people call it entertainment. You know what I'm saying? And we have to get past that. We need to talk about issues that matter. We need to talk about chivalry. You know, why Why is it not as prevalent in 2013 as it was in 1940? Well, let's talk about that. Back in the day, you know, my grandparents' time, my mom's time, my dad's time, these were days where where people had manners, but more importantly, where women respected their bodies. If you turn on the television sets, there was no, I mean, I remember it was national news when the first, you know, television show allowed a baby out of wedlock. You know, there was no mistresses and shows about adultery and lust and sex. It was more wholesome television, white and black. You know, when we go from the Cosby Show to Fresh Prince and Family Matters and Good Times, I mean, the Parenthood, um, what's that, Damon Wayans Show, My Wife and Kids, those were great shows, Family Matters, those were great shows. You know, you will never, those days are over, guys. Be clear about that. Those days are long gone. The attack has become more centralized, and there is no more positivity. It's all negativity. Now we have love and hip-hop. You got scandal. You got anything that shows us as criminals and hoes. You understand that? So I guess what I'm saying is if you want to talk about where chivalry went, where it went, well, it, it left on a large scale because back then women were held to a higher standard. It was not socially and politically correct to be a whore. Friends with benefits was, I mean, you, you know, you didn't do that. You know, so, I mean, that's, that just, women respected their bodies. You didn't see, there was no Nicki Minaj. You know, we went from Anita Baker to Patti LaBelle and, and you know, Tina to Whitney Houston, Shaka Khan, Diana Ross. These were not hoes, guys. These were some of the most successful black female entertainers of all time who were beautiful, who had class, and, and who respected their bodies. We've gone from that, you know, you know, and them to Beyonce, the ultimate whore, Sierra, Janet Jackson, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like actual people prancing around butt naked, Nicki Minaj, Little Kim, you know, Carrie Hilson. You know, people, just no respect. Nipples popping out all over the place. That I mean, how can you, I should do like a, a, a collage, just the greats compared to the hoes. And back then, that's who women looked up to. You know? So, you know, now that's who women look up to. The Nicki Minaj's, the Beyonce's. How many young girls out here call themselves Barbies? You know? How are you going to have a hoe that stole her whole style from another hoe. Lil' Kim was the original hoe. You know, on that level, 
Now Nicki Minaj basically stole her style and ran with it, and now she got you got even young girls wanting to be even bigger hoes. You know, when people went, were following uh, Tina Turner, they didn't want to be hoes. That was, she was like, you know, what I'm saying, yeah, she was a little risque at times, but I don't think anybody would classify uh, Tina Turner as a hoe. You know, Diana Ross wasn't a hoe. These were like the icons. These were people who were the Beyonces of that time. Patti LaBelle has one of the greatest voices. Even Mariah Carey was not a hoe. You didn't see her prance around butt naked. You understand it? Like this, we got to get back. If you want to talk about chivalry, you have to really talk about chivalry and what happened to it from a historical standpoint. You know, people are impressionable. They're going to be influenced by the media. They're, you know, they're going to look up to who they see on television, on radio, you know, and so when that happens, if the image is not positive, then, you know, that's just how they're going to change it to be. And so because women have changed, the lack of respectability has diminished significantly. Black men are, you know, we typically haven't changed. The blueprint for what we want in a wife hasn't changed. There's no difference between what my grandfather wanted in a wife and what I wanted in a wife. Men have not changed. What my father wanted in a wife is what I wanted in a wife. You understand? Like that, There's no difference there. That has not changed. What these guys out here are saying they want is the same exact thing that my grandfather wanted. There is no difference. So you can't say men have changed. Men aren't as chivalrous as they used to be. No, that's not the case. It's just that we are not seeing what we used to see. You understand? That's just what it is. You know, you can't say, okay, I mean, I'm trying to think of a good analogy, but you know what I'm saying? It's like a job interview. The criteria to get the job is what it is. If no, like Even Saturday Night Live is a good example. Everybody's talking about, oh, there's no black women on Saturday Night Live. There hasn't been for years. Okay. Well, I mean, whose fault is that? They asked the black, they asked, what's his name, Kenan Thompson? They mm-hmm. asked him. They said, well, what's up? Where, where's the black women at? He said, they're not ready. He said he sees the auditions. He participates in the auditions. He said, based on what he's seen, the women who have gotten the auditions, the women who have come through, and it has been many, but they weren't. You know, they come in unprepared. They're not funny. They can't, you know, because you have asked. And I'm not saying there are no black women that are qualified. I'm not saying that. And I'm not even saying that they can't do a better job. But what I'm saying is, I'm, you know, I'm just saying. You know, and I'm just going off of what he said. And this is a black man saying this. He's saying, look, the ones that have auditioned and had the opportunity, they were not ready. And if they had been ready, they probably would have got the job because they acknowledge that you need black women. If you're going to do a, you know, do some skits, I mean, or have a show that does those types of skits, I mean, you, you know, you need a black woman. Like when Maya Rudolph was on there, I mean, you need that, you know, you, it's like you got to have a black guy on there. You got to have a black woman or a couple. So it's not like they don't recognize the need, but at the same time, you don't want to you know, take away from the content by putting somebody out there who, who's not really all that good at what they do. You know, and I think that we as a people need to take responsibility. Now, I don't think I'm saying anything that's, you know, that's that's offensive or, you know, is incorrect or, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being honest here. You know what I mean? Like, these men out here are very, very, very frustrated. See, I was brought up with two kids, but see, I come from a, or two parents. I come from 
a generation with, with where most of the guys from my I'm 35. Most of the men that I grew up with, that I knew, that I played basketball with and ran track with and, you know, different things like that, went to high school with, most of those guys, I mean, had both parents. Most of those guys know how to treat a woman. There are a lot of men. This, that, this is the what I call the forgotten generation. This is the generation that the mainstream media tries to act like we don't exist. You know what I'm saying? They, in fact, Steve Harvey plays a huge, one of the biggest problems I have with him it's not necessarily his advice, or it is his advice, but one of the issues that I really have with him is that he bought into it. He sold it. He sold his soul. He sold out. You know, what I, mean? I mean, he sold his soul and sold out. You know, that's a whole other topic right there. But he sold out, sold us out as black men out by specifically saying, you can go right on YouTube and, and see this. He said, look, ladies, y'all should date older men. He said, y'all, he said, leave these young guys alone. He said, they ain't no men out here. They, he said, they don't know how to treat a woman. He said, these men don't read. He said, he said I didn't, uh, what did he say? He's like, I wrote the book for women. He said, how men getting mad about it, they don't read. He said, men don't read out here. I said, what? I wanted to cuss. I said, yo, what, what the heck are you talking about? Men don't read. He said, young black men don't read. I said, well, I'm a young black man. I read. And he was talking to women my age, like that, my generation of women. So if you, how are you going to say that we don't read and that w- women who are 35 and single, because that was the topic, he's saying that they should bypass 35-year-old men because we, don't, we aren't chivalrous, we don't know how to treat women, we don't read, we are in jail, we, we, we're uneducated. You know, I'm like, what? You know, and that was something that was, that's a direct attack on us as black men. Because the media wants y'all to think that men like Dadon Tolbert don't exist. You turn on your radios and you find somebody else who sounds like me. You find, and call in, let me know what station he's on. Let me know what's the name of his show. They don't want you to think that they're educated black men out there. They don't want you to think that they're married men out there. They don't want you to think that they're good fathers out there. They don't want you to see that stuff. What's the last television you show, show you saw with a black man that really had a loving relationship with his daughter, Courtney? And I could be wrong. I'm not even saying there aren't any. I'm, I'm not even just. I'm not saying they're not. I just want to know what it is, because there may be. But I I, I, is there one? I was just, no, I can't think of one. Somebody, please call in. Let me know. And I could be. I'm not saying they're not. I, I'm, not, I'm general, genuinely asking: Are there any television shows? On a national level, that show a, a educated, professional father with a great relationship, a great loving relationship with his daughter. I know they had Malcolm Jamal Warner on BT and Read Between the Lines. I I watched one episode, and I'll be I'm not you know not trying to hate on it. I wanted to get into it because I I like that stuff. I wanted to see that. I like the Cosby Show, so I'm like, okay, cool. Maybe this could be like a you know a younger generation of the Cosby Show. Or something. I mean, it was just boring. I couldn't get into it. <laughs> I couldn't. You know what I'm saying? I was like, well, all right. I guess I can't watch this. But but here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. I don't. I'm not even sure if it still comes on or not. But I know, uh, as of a couple of seasons ago, uh, what's the name left? Listen, so they now he was like a single father. Did you did you catch that? <laughs> I didn't know. You talking about Tracy Ellis Ross left? Yes. Yes. Wow, I didn't know that. She left the show. 
She left the show, and the show went on. I don't know if it still comes on. I think it may have gotten canceled. But I know that in the in the last season, or the last season I'm aware of, he was, like, on there as a single father. I'm like, oh, man, you got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's what, it's crazy. Like, the only show that I can even think of with, a you know, a father even interacting with his daughter in any possible way. You know what I mean? They, they take off the the mom. So, and I'm not, and I'm not, I'm gonna be honest with you. I actually saw an interview, and I think they they talked to her about like she said she chose not to come back. So I don't even want to act like you know she was fired or kicked off. I don't really know. I'm just saying that's a problem. So you know we gotta we gotta do better. We gotta do better. So that's I wonder as we talk about chivalry, we gotta talk about why you know first of all why it is not what it was. And why it is not what it is, you know. We and I gotta be honest. Chivalry. Let's talk about first of all what is chivalry, okay? Let's first talk about what it's not. Let, let me be. And we did a show on this, like I said, la, this time last year. And we'll probably continue to start it off in this way, ladies. Chivalry, be clear, is not a man holding a door open for you. Chivalry is not. A man opening your car door. Chivalry is not him showing up on a date and ringing your doorbell as opposed to sitting in the car and honking. Chivalry is not taking your hat off when you walk into a room. Okay, these are the oh my everybody's like silent now. Like oh my gosh, what? What do you mean? I thought that's what chivalrous treatment was. No, chivalry is not. You know, as you sit down, helping you pull out your chair and making sure you're seated safely. That's not chivalry, guys. Okay? Chivalry is not putting your napkin in your lap. We used to play a game as kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, we you know, napkin in your lap. So as soon as we would sit down, like the game between my, my sister and my brothers was who could get the napkin in their lap the fastest. Like, so as soon as everybody would rush, try to sit down, boom, napkin in your lap, napkin in your lap. Like, so you could, that's just how we grew up. You know what I'm saying? That's just what you're supposed to do. You sit down at a table to eat. You put your napkin in your lap. I was taught that at seven years old. Some women think, oh, my gosh, he, he put his napkin in his lap. Oh, my gosh, he's a great man. Let me give him some some, you know, some sex tonight. No. Showing up with a blazer on as opposed to a hoodie is not chivalry. That just means you have good home training. That means you had a father. That means you're not a nigger. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know right from wrong. You're a gentleman. See, being a gentleman and having chivalrous behavior are two very different things. Okay? that A lot of people get them those two things confused. The main reason, because they never had chivalrous treatment. Most women have never experienced chivalry. Ever. Most most women out here, never. I say, well, what, what's, you know, tell me about your ex. Well, he, you know, he listened to me. You know, he was a gentleman. I said, well, what, was, what, what did he do? What was, well, how was he a gentleman? Well, he didn't beat me. He never punched me in the face. He never yelled at me. He never gripped me up. You know, he um, you know, wasn't extra rough with the sex. I said, so that's what's great? Like, that's, that's a great man to you? I mean, and, and I'm not knocking that because that's some people's reality. You know, but that doesn't mean he's chivalrous, and it definitely doesn't mean he's a great man. He doesn't it doesn't mean he's the man that God has for you. Those are things you should. I was taught to do. 
pulling out a chair when a woman sits down. A woman has a coat on. You don't, you know, you you help her with her coat off. You you know, you, you come behind and you help her with her coat. You know, you don't. When a woman enters a room, ladies, how many men you know do this? If you walk into a room, do those men stand up or they just sit there? There, uh, you know, what I'm saying they just keep their butt sitting down. Have you ever have you ever had a man do that, Courtney? You know, stand up when you walk into a room. No, I haven't. No, that's honest. That's honest. I mean, that's just see. That's just my. You know, I remember back in the day, my pop smacked would you know smack me upside my head, like pop the crap out of me if my mom would walk into the room, my aunt would walk, or any woman for that matter would walk into the room, literally like smack the crap out of me. You know what I'm saying? And I bet you next time somebody walked into the room, I stood up then. But that's what we need. That's what you're supposed to do. So keep that in mind, ladies. You, you st- men stand up when a woman walks into the room. You take your head off when you walk into a room. That's what you're supposed to do. You know, if a woman leaves, you know, you walk that woman to the door and you walk her to your car to make to her car to make sure she gets in the car safely. Like if we'd had a, a family get together at the house. You know, somebody was like, okay, we're leaving. She'd be getting ready to leave before the party was over. I would put my coat on, walk her to the door. That's just what it was. I still do it today. Thanksgiving dinner, somebody's leaving. I walk, I'm, I don't care if i am got a piece of cake in my mouth. I get up and I walk her to her car. That's just what I do. That's what all the men in my family do. That's what you're supposed to do. I could go on and on and on for, you know, talking about things that are supposed to be done that aren't done just because these men out here don't know what to do. You know, <clears throat> one of the things, uh, another thing, you know, Courtney, if, if you come into a room, if, you're, if, you're, if, you're, if I'm on a date with you and you sit down, I don't sit down before you. You sit down and then watch, watch Jay Leno tonight. Watch Jay Leno tonight. And I don't know about the other people. I know Jay Leno is really good at this. You know, watch Jay Leno tonight, and if, I'm, if there's a female guest on, you will see him very deliberately wait for that woman to sit down, and then he will sit down. That's, yep. You ever noticed that? Yeah, actually, now that you brought it up, yeah, I noticed that. That's what men do, you know, and you really don't see a lot of black men doing that. You know what I'm saying? But I just, you know, and Jay, I'm sure there are other people who do it, but, you know, Jay Leno always... For some, I watch him pretty, you know, most nights. I like his uh, monologue probably better than the rest of these these psychos out here, man. Don't get me started on Arsenio. <laughs> but um, so that's what a gentleman. Uh, excuse me, that is what chivalry is not. That is called being a gentleman. All right, now, ladies, being a no. Don't get me wrong; those things are good. You understand? But chivalry is on a whole nother level. Than being a gentleman, those things are just the basics. That those things just get your foot in the door. For many women in today's society, those things will get a man some 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 good late night sex, some after the date sex, just because he was a gentleman. And I call that the breath of fresh air syndrome. It's like, oh, you're a gentleman, you must be a great man. No, being a gentleman doesn't mean that you're a great man. It just means that you have manners. You can still be a bastard. You know, just because you open someone's car door doesn't mean you're a great guy. You know, it doesn't mean you love them. And let me, can we talk about something else real quick? Real quick before we get up. Ladies, I hear this so often. I hear so often in today's society. I hear, uh, oh, I want a man. He's going to love me. You can always, always say, you can always tell a man 
how he's going to treat you by the way he treats his mom. I think we touched on that the other night. No, you can't. That does not mean anything. What the heck is wrong with you? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that means nothing. Oh, yeah, he loves his mom, so that means he's going to love you. What? Like, what do you mean? No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean that at all. Everybody loves their mom. Every guy should love their mom. If he doesn't, there's something wrong with him. If you don't treat your mom good, then, you know, you just got some serious issues. So he's supposed to treat his mom good. I still go over and shovel my mom's sidewalk in the snowstorm. You know, like, that's just what it is. You know, actually, I don't. But I'm just saying, I probably, you know what I mean? Like, I may send somebody over there to pay him 20 bucks to, you know what I mean? Yo, go go over to shovel. But you guys get my point. <laughs> I want a lot of y'all. I keep it real. I'll be honest with you. I haven't shoveled my mom's. I haven't shoveled anything. But I'm, I would, though. But I make sure it's done. I make sure it's done, you know. And that's what I'm saying to you. So just because someone may view you as a jump off but love his mom, and you're like, oh, my gosh, yeah, he loves his mom, so he's going to treat me. No, he still views you as a hoe. And and that's what we have to, as a society, stop being afraid to talk about is what is hoeish behavior? What is the type of behavior that will prevent you from receiving chivalrous treatment? That's well, Obviously, you know, that's what we talk about here every night, seven nights a week. But I mean, on a lo- much larger scale, on a, you know, we have to, as a society, start doing doing that. I shouldn't be the only person talking about how to avoid being labeled a hoe. You know, like go try to find another talk show that did a show like Friday Night. You know, how to be la- avoid being labeled a trick or a freak. You'll never hear a show like that because people are afraid, men are afraid to do it, and society, the media, is afraid to, not afraid to, they just don't want y'all to have that knowledge. That's it, you know. The, my, the archives of this show will go down in history as having the most valuable relationship and dating advice in the history of the world. When it's all said and done, the thousands, that we're already over a thousand shows. Be clear about this. There will never be anything that even comes close to the amount of knowledge and information, you know what I'm saying, after 20 years later, 30 years later. And I'm just telling you all, man, like, pay attention, because you follow the blueprint, you will be found by the man that God has for you. That's just, it's a fact. You can't be great advice from a biblical perspective. You, how can you beat that? So listen to it, take the information, and, and apply it to your lives. Let's talk about what is chivalry, okay? What is chivalry? What the heck is it? Chivalry, a good example, chivalry is when you are already a gentleman. See, chivalry can't be done by someone who isn't a gentleman, okay? That's the first thing. So all those things are not chivalrous acts. They're acts of a gentleman. An, uh, an act that, uh, a chivalrous act that a gentleman might make would be, you know, really loving you, but not just going down to pick up a ring for you, but actually going and approaching your father and asking him for his permission to marry you, okay? That, like I did with my wife, that is a chivalrous act, okay? That opening a car door, that's nothing. You see the difference there, guys? You know, actually, um, you know, if there's a puddle, and this is more so, more so old school, 
I don't know about anything like this would go on today, but you got on some new Christian Louboutin heels, and it's raining outside. You understand that? And there's a huge puddle. I lay down my jacket in the puddle so you can step over it. You understand? That's a chivalrous act. My jacket is ruined to save your nice designer heels. That's just an example. That's a chivalrous act. Just opening the car door for you, that's not a chivalrous act. Hopefully you see the difference there, okay? Um, You are having a really hard time. You're having a really hard day, you know, or a tough week. So what I do is I show up at your job, you know, or I have flowers sent to your job, and there just happens to be a limousine waiting for you outside to take you to a, a weekend spa getaway or some crap like that, you know what I'm saying, where you're getting a massage, the facial, the pedicure, the manicure, you know, and that just turns your whole week all around because you had a really, like, that's a chivalrous act, that's a romantic act, things like that, and it doesn't have to be a lot of money, you know, but but just something that shows you that it's like, it's him going above and beyond to show you that he cares, you know, getting a horse and carriage ride you know, for you to on a nice fall night to, you know, to show you a great time, you know. that That's that, that's like, that's chivalry. Not just your average dinner in a movie. Anybody can do that. But when you get the horse and carriage, when you get the, you know, maybe the champagne, you know what I mean? Like, it's just above and beyond, you know. But most importantly, what chivalry is, is chivalry. And be clear about this. This is very important. Chivalry the type of act that will show you undeniably that this man sees you as his future wife. Chivalry is the act that says, I have identified you as someone special and different from any woman that I've dated in my entire life, and I am starting the process. This is a piece of the puzzle and making you my wife. That's what that's chivalry right there. Because chivalry, see, women mistake chivalry for interest. You understand that? A man can be interested in you, but he might be interested in you for a couple of different reasons. He might be interested in you because he likes the way your butt looks in them tights. You know, he might just be trying to smash. He might think you're cute. So he gives you compliments, and he says, oh, let me take you out. That's not chivalry, because there hasn't been anything done definitively to say you're special, and I see you as my future wife, and I'm going to take the steps necessary to to get into a relationship with you and start that process. Chivalry, trust me, you know that, that you know, chivalry is going down to the shore. You going to, to you know, I don't know, go get a, a back massage or something, and then your whole name is inscribed in the whole beach. You know, it took him an hour to do or whatever. Like, that's a chivalrous act. You know, it's it's clear that that man is, is viewing you as a special woman. But then again, it all goes back to, well, what's special? Because the reality is, there are, and I'm just being honest, there are a lot of non-special women who want chivalrous treatment. And it doesn't, you know, that doesn't make sense. That's like oil and in, in water. How can you be not special? Some women think that they're special just because they have a good job. Oh, I have a good job. I have a nice car. I have a nice house. I'm attractive. Oh, okay, I'm special. No, you ain't special. 
Ain't nothing special about you because you got a good job. Most black women have good jobs. The average salary in this country amongst black women is about thirty-eight, thirty-nine thousand. So I mean, most women can pay their bills. You know that doesn't make you special. You know, being able to do some sexual tricks doesn't make you special. What makes you special is having a great personality, a high level of respectability, and one hundred percent emotional availability. That makes you special. In fact, that's like winning the lottery in today's society. Rocking your real hair, that's one of the things that makes you special and stands out just in today's society. You know, we did a class at Keeping It Real Fridays a few years ago on how to differentiate yourself from other women. I just rebroadcasted a few weeks ago. You know, and I always, it's always interesting. I always look at the, the uh, you know, the ratings. I always look at the, the feedback I get. And there are a lot of women out here who are single and successful but are watching Scandal instead of listening to the archives of whatever show I decide to rebroadcast. Now, I don't care. It doesn't, I don't get anything from you listening or not. It doesn't, it doesn't help me or benefit me in any way. This show is for you, you know, to be honest. But it's just interesting because a lot, there's so much information given that some people will miss out on because, you know, they just want to do other stuff. That's not special. You guys are special because you're listening in right now. You're special. You are a woman, because you're not listening to me because you like the sound of my voice. You're not listening because you like Courtney. You're listening because you want to know what chivalry is and how to get it for yourself. And you know that we have the answers. There's nothing wrong with that. That makes you special. It takes a special woman to realize, hey, look, I want help. It takes a special woman to say, I'm going to call 855-55-DATA. I'm going to send that email. I'm going to go to trctoday.com. I want to know what to do to better myself, to prepare myself for marriage. That makes you special. You know, root, listening with your Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity sunglasses on, that doesn't make you special. That makes you ashamed to say, I have to self-reflect on my actions. We want women who are special. You know how many women say, "Yo, man, I'm gonna check out your show tonight, man, because I want to know who's listening. I want to like, I want a woman who who I can tell listens to your show." You know what I'm saying? He's like, "Yo, I can definitely tell." It's a, he's like, "He's like, yo, man, it's a lot of women who somebody even told me, somebody I would even talk to like that. They were like, "Yo, man, you got a lot of people that listen to your show." He's like, "I be running into people that listen to your show that be quoting you talking about some elite man, this and that, and I don't even, I didn't even know they knew about your show." I'm like, "Yeah, man, it's a lot of people who listen." Listen secretly. I'm like, yeah, that's what's up. He's like, yeah, man, I want, I want one of these, those women. I said, I feel you. You know what I mean? That's what it is. These men are looking for women who respect their bodies. These women are looking for women who are comfortable with themselves. And the great thing about it is when we find those women, you will get this chivalrous treatment. You will get that because there's so many men out here. Like, look at Marv. Shout out to Marv if he's tuned in tonight. Look at people like James and Lewis. These men, you know, they're, I, I mean, I can name tons of men who are out here literally fiending, salivating at the mouth, waiting and searching feverishly to find a woman who is worthy of chivalrous treatment. How many men do you guys, just uh, from being associated with this show, Look at Gerald Howard before he found love, when he was on this show for like two years. These men are dying. I personally was dying to do it. I had so many ideas and so many, you know, things that I wanted to do. And, you know, but, I mean, I, I woke up. I, mean, I don't even want to, I'm not trying to brag, but, I mean, I do so much stuff just just for my wife and, you know, and have over the course of our relationship just to 
put a smile on her face. You understand that? Breakfast in bed this Sunday morning just because. That's not that's not even chivalry. That's just that's just because. You understand that? Let's go have a picnic. It's a nice day. Let's just go let's go have a picnic. A lot of women, oh my gosh, that's like oh my god, a picnic, what? No sex you know, what? No blockbuster night? You you want you actually want to be out in public with me? Yeah, I mean that's that's what these men want to do. Don't if I can and I'm just telling y'all, if you're not receiving that the things that I've talked about tonight, if you're not on that level with the guy that you're quote unquote dealing with, it's not about him. It's about you and how that man views you. And then you've got to ask yourself, what am I not doing? Not to get treatment, that type of treatment from him, because he's a loser. You've got to ask yourself, wait a minute, why am I dealing with someone other than the man that God has for me? That's the real question, because I think what happens is so many women are out here trying to figure out how to make a loser love them. Right? I mean, that's really what's going on. It's like, oh, my gosh, why didn't he want me? Why did he cheat on me? Why hasn't he proposed to me? Well, those questions are all irrelevant. The question, the better question is, why do you want him to propose to you? Why do you want to date someone who clearly doesn't want to be with you? Why do you want to be proposed to by someone who has been reluctant to go out and get a ring? How are you even engaged but you don't have a ring? And that's okay with you. I don't know what's worse, a man who claims he's engaged to you or a woman who accepts a proposal with, with no ring. I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not for the BS, because I've heard all the stories, I've heard all the rationalizations, and I've heard this and that, but it's BS. When a man loves you, he's, we have chivalry, chivalry in us. I know thugs that are chivalrous. I know the most thuggish of thugs who will still show a woman a great time you know, when he loves her. Look at Mary in the game. This guy is a gangbanger from Compton, you know, a typical nigga. But when he was at a place emotionally where he felt like he really loved Tiff and wanted to be with her, and you know, he, he took her to Cabo, you know, just because. That's where I took my wife for our honeymoon. Same type of resort. That's what men do, whether it's the thug. Whether you're just a regular average guy like they Don Tolbert, you know, select whatever it is. I'm just, I'm nobody, but at the same time, I still wanted to do something nice for my wife. Whether you're a thug, a gangbanger, they'll still do something nice for that woman that they love. What are your thoughts on that, Courtney? Chivalry. I think, um, well, I, first I do want to say I am loving this discussion because it's just very, um, it's very encouraging especially, you know, to women out there that have not been used to, you know, that treatment from men, it just really highlights and, like you said, provides a blueprint of, you know, what you should look for because I think a lot of us women, including myself, have just settled for less for so very long and just wanted to make excuses for men and um, just wanted to try to change a man. And you shouldn't have to be in, in any situation where, you feel like you have to change someone, you know, and so it's it's just it's really good. I just like I'm tongue tied because I I'm loving everything we're talking about. Absolutely, 
You know, that's and that's what it's for. <clears throat> I posted a uh you know, those bit strips, uh, you know, I, I'm starting to love these. I see you've gotten into it, you know, Aaron's gotten into it, Nikia's gotten into it, some of my friends, you know, some other friends have gotten into it. It's great to see so many people, you know, having some fun and, you know, not taking themselves too seriously. I, I kinda like it. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, <laughs> there's some, some crazy <laughs> you know, cartoons that they try to throw in there, but you know, we all know what it is. But, you know, it, it can be fun. And I posted one today of uh, my wife and, uh, you know, I kind of recreating that first date where you, many of you know she, she offered to pay for the first date. And, uh, you know, the, the little caption says, note to self, marry Danielle. Now, that's just one of the things that so many men w- are would love. And it's always interesting. It's always interesting because every time I share those stories, every time I post little things about that, I always hear women say, first of all, I always hear a lot of men say, wow, that's crazy. I've never experienced that before. I've never had a woman do that. Every time, I mean, most men, and do your own test, I can promise you, most, any man you ask, hey, just ask him, any, I don't care who you ask, any man you know, I can almost guarantee you he has never had a black woman offer to pay for the first date. And I've been doing this a long time, well over 10 years. And I've every man I've ever done it with has pretty much said never. Or maybe it's like their wife, like it was in my case. And so there's definitely that. But what I also hear from the women is that, oh, well, I would never do that and da-da-da-da-da. It's like, well, okay, well, that's interesting. And it's, you know, you have men saying, hey, look, this is something that stands out. This is something that I've never experienced that I actually would view as special. One of the things that I always hear women saying is that, well, you know, the men that I've dated in the past, they would be turned off by that, or these men would be, they might feel some type of way or feel like you're trying to be the man in the relationship or da-da-da-da-da. I'm like, first of all, where are you getting this information from? Like, who told you that? You know, and the reality is when you're dealing with a man who is looking at you as a wife, or a potential wife, that would be such a breath of fresh air because we're so many. The problem is, so many women are used to dealing with losers. They're used to dealing with the deadbeats and the guys trying to take advantage of them and, and different things like that. So they've become conditioned to assume if they put themselves out there, if they open up their checkbook, they will be taken advantage of or be looked at as some type of meal ticket to a loser. I'm not talking about those types of men. You know, obviously, I'm not that type of man. You understand? So what all that did, her paying for that first date, all that did was put me into a certain, you know, mind state that says, wow, okay, she would make a great wife because it wouldn't be all about me spending money or what I could do for her. It would be more so about what we could do together. That, understand, this is probably the most important thing I'll say. Ladies, when it comes to chivalry, Chivalry does not come free, okay? Chivalry is earned. Chivalry comes as a result of you showing yourself to be the best possible woman. Okay, do I need to repeat that? Chivalry comes as a result of you being the best possible woman. And that's the key word, best possible woman. Because if I could get what you bring to the table somewhere else, then I'm probably just, just going to go get it somewhere else. It doesn't make sense to treat you chivalrously, you know, if there's nothing special about you that, that comes a dime a dozen. 
So it's all about differentiating yourselves from the first woman, er, from the, from these other women early, not later on. Because a lot of women, they assume they say this is another popular thing that I've heard over the years. They say, well, you know, I, I'll do X, Y, and Z on the third or fourth date. I'll do X, Y, and that's more so something I'll do in a relationship. Well, who says you're even getting a second date? You talking about a fourth or fifth date? Who said I'm even calling you again? You're talking about a relationship. Relate, who said we were even going to be dating? See, a lot of women just assume that things will get to that point. No, that's like assuming, you know, talking about what you're going to do on the job, what kind of vacation time, what kind of vacation you're going to get on the job before you've even been given an offer letter. You've got to get the job first. The way that you get the job is by showing yourself to be special from the other candidates. You don't just get the job based off a of GP, you know. I mean, you got to show me something. You got to show men something. My, my wife showed me something. She wasn't special at first when I first met her. She showed herself to be special. As a result, she gets the chivalrous treatment. She gets the Rolls Royce at the wedding. That's just that's just what it is. That that doesn't come free though. That comes at a price. That comes with you showing yourself. Hey. This is what I bring to the table, and you're not going to find this anywhere else. That and only that is when chivalrous treatment comes. What are your thoughts on that? A lot, I mean, Courtney, a lot of women don't get that. that they don't make that connection. They think that chivalry comes just as a, a, a prerequisite. They think that it just comes just for GP, which is totally false. Yeah, I think um... – and that's something that I, I used to think, too, and something I could relate to. But I think a lot of times, you know, we feel like, um, you know, the men should show that, you know, right at the door, like at, at meeting us, and that we don't have to show anything. We don't have to prove anything to them. They have to prove something to us. And that just comes from, you know, years of just being hurt and, and dogged by these men. And so, you know, you you're reluctant to be vulnerable. And so because you're reluctant to be vulnerable, you'll you know, you're gonna have a wall up and so you're you know, you may have that mentality, okay, I've been hurt so I'm not going to do anything that may put me in a position to be hurt again. And a lot of what a lot of women don't realize is that mentality, it really puts them at a serious disadvantage. And as a result, you know, men are choosing other women to wipe up instead of them and they're wondering why. All right. <clears throat> I went uh, on my Instagram page. I uploaded a picture of my daughter <clears throat> and I on uh, Instagram. So I went on there. And I had like 30. Every time I go in there, it's like 20. Cause I really don't check it like that. I'm not on there. Like, it was like 20 people wanted to be your, you know, request to be your friend. I was like, okay. So I was just going through like, okay, do I want to accept, accept? I accept most people unless you look like a psycho. But one of the pages on there, it was like one to follow me or whatever was, uh said like, Instagram vixen, Instagram video vixens or some crap. I'm like, what the heck is this all about? So I click on it, and it was just nothing but, like, butt cheeks. That's just all it was, like, Instagram hoes, like women who basically make a career out of, you know, posing half naked on Instagram. I'm just like, wow. You know, just no respectability, no class, page filled with ass. And and so, and people, and now I can almost guarantee you that a lot of those types of women you know, would would are the main ones talking about there are no men out here. Where are all the good men at? 
how come no men, you know, men don't know how to treat women and da 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 da. But but you're an Instagram hoe. You pose naked. You know what I mean? Like like that's why would someone take someone like that seriously? And we really have to start having an honest conversation about what men look for in a wife. You know, nobody wants a woman who takes off her clothes for a living as a wife. I'm just, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's just not what we want. So, you know, it's kind of like after a man smashes, you know, the chances of him calling you, you know, are slim to none in today's society. So if the chances of him calling you or something, what's the likelihood that he's actually going to say, oh, yeah, let's go out. And, uh, you know, what are you doing Friday night? Let me not go to the club and not meet ten women who look better than you, even you know, who I haven't smashed. But even though I already, you know, we already had sex, let me take you out and and spend, you know, $100 on you, you know, just so I can smash again. Courtney, would that make any sense? No, not at all. I mean, that wouldn't even happen. Anything, he's just gonna have sex with someone else and just leave, you know, the other woman alone. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it just, it's just not logical. So, from a chivalry standpoint, you know, it, it's, it's only chivalry is only dead for women who don't respect their bodies. Okay, that's, that's pretty much what chivalry comes down to. Duck faces. You know, you got to get rid of the duck faces. You can't be taken seriously if you're making the duck faces. If you're blowing kisses at the camera, you know, I mean, pouting your lips out, looking ridiculous, why would a man want to take you seriously? That's what everybody does now, it seems like. You guys know how repulsed we are at that stuff? These men talk about this stuff. They talk about this stuff. They make fun of women who do that. So clearly they're not going to be like, oh, yeah, yo, let me show you, uh, you know, this is this woman who I'm going out with this week. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about wifing her up. And here she is, you know, making this ridiculous duck face that we literally just got finished, you know, making fun of another woman about. Like, no, we're not going to do that. You've got to be special. if you would. And you guys see the same stuff we do. You see what these women out here are doing, ladies. It's not just men who talk about this stuff. And say, you see it too. So if you see hoish behavior and you sh- you see ridiculous stuff like the boobs out, the breast out, the duck faces, the weaves, if you see this stuff that men clearly hate, all you have to do is see that stuff and be the opposite. You know, I would wi- if you guys notice my wife looks a little bit like the the chick. What's her name? Uh, Misty, Misty, uh, something the the, the ballerina. Copeland, yes, Misty Copeland. Yes. Yeah. See, I mean, they have like a, they don't necessarily look alike, but they have a similar look. You understand that, guys? That's the look. I mean, we did a show, Marv. You guys saw Marv. I asked Marv straight. We keep it real. We keep it honest. I asked Marv. I said, "This is what we do. We did the whole show on the definition of a dime. You saw me public, and I did that for a reason. I could have inboxed Marv." And say, hey, Marv, what you think about Misty Copeland last night on Black Girls Rock? I could have did that. Me and Marv inbox each other from time to time. Hey, what you think? Now, I wanted to do that publicly. Marv, what do you think? You know, what's your opinion? You know, oh, he said, yo, she, he said a lot of stuff. He said she's a dime, though. He said, yo, she's a straight-up dime. He said a dime all day. And I said, absolutely. 
straight up dime. As beautiful as you can get, as classy as you can get. And I don't care who has a problem with that, but that's just, you know, when you have two different men with clearly two different opinions and ways of life, you see, you know what I'm saying? But at the same time, a dime is a dime. There's no, nothing to debate there. So I'm just saying what I'm saying. It's not from a physical perspective, but it's just an overall perspective of how she kept, although physically she was clearly gorgeous, not going to take anything away from her, but just it was more than that, though. You know, and we're looking for classy, respectable women. That we can bring home to our mothers. Because here's another thing. Chivalry, a big part of chivalry is accountability. All right, what do you mean by that, Dada? Well, chivalry, you know, when if you're going to be a chivalrous man, first of all, you were taught to be chivalrous. That You get taught that. You don't just learn that. You, you're taught chivalry by someone. And so if we see someone who we feel requires and deserves chivalrous behavior, chivalrous treatment, then we're going to reward her with that. And we're going to not just reward her, but we're going to want to show that re, that behavior off. I'm going to want to bring, you know, it's kind of like if I get the horse and carriage, I'm probably going to be like, yo, you know, show up here and get the camera out. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I may or may not, but I'm just saying you know, or we're going to tell someone, there's going to be a video camera or something. You know, you're going to tell your friends. I'm going to tell my friends, oh, yeah, this is what I did with so-and-so. We don't keep chivalrous behavior to ourselves. You don't keep chivalrous behavior to yourself when you receive it. And it's because we as men have accountability to our families and we have accountability to our friends. You know, we can't just bring home. My mom always told me growing up, don't bring any trash into this house. I couldn't bring home somebody who was all tatted up, somebody who had weave, you know, colorful wigs and weaves, you know, blonde hair, purple hair, red hair, you know, booty shots, this and that. My mom is on Facebook. I never thought I was. My dad is on Facebook now. Things are getting crazy out here, man. End of the world is coming. Uh, both my parents are on Facebook. I'm like, what the heck? My mother-in-law is on Facebook. Like, Everybody's on Facebook, man. So... You know, these are things that if I say, okay, if I'm a single man and I say, all right, well, yeah, mom, this is who I'm dating. This is what I'm into. You know, this is what I'm, you know, this is a woman I'm taking seriously. She goes, oh, okay, pull up her profile. Let me see. Show me her picture. Do you have any picture? I'm going to see what she looks like. I can't, I mean, honestly, ladies, ask yourselves, if if a man's mom looked at your Facebook profile, what would the verdict be? Would she be okay with it? Or would she say, oh, nope, throw this one back in the sea. Keep looking. This, she ain't the one. I'm just saying. That's, that's a question. That is something. See, you guys don't understand. A lot of women, they don't factor those things. That trip to Vegas where you were passed out drunk and you got your, you know, your, your, your breasts all out. This was three years ago. I would have said something else. But you know you know what that Vegas picture looks like that you just happen to keep up there, you know? But guess what? People's moms, people, these men are going through your pages. That, you know, a lot of chivalrous uh, decisions are made based off of what we see on, online. Courtney and I both do a, a free Facebook profile analysis every Friday. We call it Facebook Fridays. If you guys want to take advantage of that and ask you know, or if you don't even want to wait till Friday, if you just want to inbox me and say, "Hey, look, they don't take a look at my 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 pictures. Let me know if I if I'm a hoe or not." 
you know, or do I give off a hoish vibe, a freaky vibe, or a classy vibe? I'll do it. You know, that's no problem. I do that all the time. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you, and I do, I do it all the time. I literally tell people, hey, no, your pictures are cool. Other people, I say, hey, look, honestly, you, you, you know, you kind of look a little bit like a hoe. So I'm saying, don't ask me if you. Don't. One woman got mad at me. I said, no disrespect to you, but I mean, you, you kind of are presenting yourself like a hoe. She said, well, I, I think you're being judgmental. I'm like, what? You asked for my opinion. <laughs> what the heck? Like, you you just asked me. You literally just inboxed me and asked me for my opinion on your page. But it's not the answer she was looking for. So I, now I'm being judgmental. She went ahead and deleted me off Facebook and everything. You know what I'm saying? But So I'm just saying, you can you can ask me. Now, here's what the some people say. Well, look, what does the word say about that? Well, well the Bible says... That in Proverbs eleven twenty two says, like a nose ring of gold in the snout of a pig, so is a beautiful woman who has turned from discretion. Well, what does that scripture mean? Well, how I interpret that to mean is that, I mean, it's pretty obvious. You guys know what it means. But just to talk about it for a second. Just like it would make no sense whatsoever. Pigs historically have been viewed as dirty. You know, they're dirty animals. They're filthy beings. You know, nobody wants a pet pig. They're just disgusting. And so because pigs historically are just dirty creatures, disgusting beings, they're not attractive or anything, you know, it would make no sense to put a gold ring in the snout of a pig. That just would be foolish. That would make no sense. It's a waste of a ring. It's a waste of gold. You'd be better off putting it on something else, saving it. But don't waste a gold ring on the snout of a, a filthy animal, a pig. Well, the word is comparing, as stupid as that would be, to put a gold ring on the snout of a pig, is as stupid as it is for a beautiful woman to carry herself in a hoish manner. It says, so is a beautiful woman who has turned from discretion. You know, what is, I mean, discretion. You have no respect. You show no discretion. You know what I mean? You you don't have any morals or values, you know, that and, and that's the equivalent of a, a gold ring and a pig. And that's what we see a lot of. We see a lot, like Nicki Minaj is not an ugly woman. Beyonce is not an ugly woman. But... It's a waste of beauty because they have no discretion. You know, you 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 know, I see so many beautiful women online but they're making the duck face. You know, that that makes you so ugly to do that. It's no need to do that. You know, being a beautiful woman but with a weave down to your butt crack, that doesn't make you that's like a that's like the gold ring. In the snout of a pig you're, you're showing no discretion there And if you're showing no discretion You can't expect to have chivalrous treatment It makes no sense The word confirms it I say it Courtney knows it You guys know it It's all common sense It's just that we as a society have to get on board And start you know, following this A young woman listen now She says, she, she says listening to your show now you've, you've truly opened my eyes when you stated that guys know whether or not a woman is sexually experienced, totally mind-blowing for me, even more reason why I'm waiting. Last thing I want is a guy rating my sexual performance. 
That's the same thing. No discretion. You know, you can't be sexually experienced. You can't be a freak. You can't be out here having sex. And they still expect chivalrous treatment. You know, I mean, I'm just, uh, according, have I said anything that's offensive? Have I said anything that's untrue? You know what I mean? No, I mean, nothing you said was, you know, untrue. I think offensive it may be to some, but that's only because it's causing them to look in the mirror and just examine their actions, which really is not a bad thing at all. You know, we need to hear this. We really do because there, we, it's a lot of misconceptions going around, and a lot of us as uh, black women are just lost in regards to what, you know, black men want. You know, we, we have those misconceptions. So this show was really clearing them up, clearing it up for them. Yeah, I, we're gonna, we're not, like I said, I, I don't want to beat a dead horse. We're not going to be here all night because I think we've pretty much set our piece on it. But I, my uh, shout-out to my frat brother, Sean, who I know is going to listen to the uh, the archives. He's not listening live, but he, he actually forwarded. I think he did this last year. Now, I think about it. The last time we did his show, I think Sean sent me something to read. He sent me a, a, a pretty uh, interesting letter that I want to share with you guys. You guys know Sean. Look him up in there, Sean Miller, in the uh, in the Friends of the Daydown Tolbert Show group. I believe he's in there. He, uh, so I'll just go ahead and read what his thoughts are on, on chivalry and his personal experiences with it. It's very interesting. He said, uh, I like tonight's topic. I work nights, so I won't be able to listen live, but I do have something to say about chivalry. I've only dealt with black women, so I cannot speak about other races. I have not dealt with every black woman on the planet. Therefore, I can only go from my experiences. Chivalry is an interesting topic. As of recently, I've been dealing with women who want to be treated chivalrously. They cry and whine about how they get treated like crap, but when that chivalrous man of God they're looking for shows up, they place him in the friend zone. I usually do not fall into the friend zone, but this situation has happened to me recently. Now, I was raised to treat women with respect who deserve respect. The ones who do not deserve respect... I just distance myself from. I found that some, not all, women do not deserve chivalrous acts. They do not deserve the time and money it takes to be chivalrous. I'm not saying that these women are hoes, but let's be honest, Dadon, before you got married, how many women were worth those chivalrous deeds? He says, don't worry, I'll wait. That is exactly my point. Many women do not deserve it nor appreciate the chivalrous act. I am not bitter nor emotionally unavailable. I just I'm just observant of of a great many things. Uh example, I've dated black women from the Mediterranean coast of France and Ethiopia. They have a totally different mindset from when it comes to uh male female dynamic. Therefore, I believe it's the American culture that dilutes chivalrous acts. Women want to be more independent and have the I don't need a man way of thinking. Also, we need to review how we raise our daughters to receive chivalrous acts to see and not to see, excuse me, and to see through the BS of some of these acts. Now, I understand if the woman is not feeling a particular gentleman, therefore she will not be receptive of the acts. That's understandable. And he went on to say some other things, but that's pretty much the gist of it. Now, I just before we talk about it a little bit, are you guys seeing any similarities? Like, Sean, he just sent me this today. 
You know what I'm saying? Like I've been talking about doing this show. I do it every year. But are you seeing the similarities? Sean and I, we differ, we argue, we bicker. That's my frat brother. You know what I mean? But obviously there's certain things with men that, you know, we're just going to agree on because it's just it is what it is. Like every man wants to be chivalrous to that special woman. However, every man has encountered women who are not worthy of chivalrous treatment, as you just heard from here. He pretty much touched on every, and I purposely saved his letter for last, because as you see, his issues are many of the same issues that I've experienced. You guys get a chance to see people like Marvin, the group, who are, you know, expressing his frustration with, with, you know, what's, what's, with what's going on out there in the dating pool. And it doesn't matter where you go, who you talk to, these types of letters, these types of thoughts will be the same. You have to do better, ladies. If you want chivalry, he said it right there. You cry and whine about getting treated like crap, but when that chivalrous man of God you're looking for shows up, you place them in the friend zone. If we could, real quick, I want to talk about some other things with that, but Courtney, what is, the, what is that? Why do women place, because that's a good point he makes. Why do so many women put, put certain men in the friend zone when that man is actually looking to, you know, maybe try to wipe them up? Because I think, in my opinion, I think because a lot of women, well, first, they're, they're not used to that, um, that they're not used to that treatment. And so it, it's like we want it, we want to be treated that way, but I think sometimes it scares some women just because they haven't had it. And so, you know, they want to back away from it because, it's you know, they're, they're just scared to, you know, get involved with that man. It's almost as if, you know, a lot of times we go with what is familiar. And I know that's not right, but it seems like a lot of times we seem to be more receptive to the men who don't show us that treatment, who don't give us attention, who are, you know, verbally abusive. It's almost as if we vibe for that attention from them. But it's like when we get that chivalry, it's like, oh, my God, I've never had that before, so let me back away because this isn't familiar to me. Yeah, that's a good point. That's definitely a good point because a lot of times what happens is it's a fear. In fact, our, on Halloween, we actually did a show surrounding that whole fear topic, fear of being alone, fear of being hurt, fear of giving your heart to the wrong person and what that will do. A lot of times it has everything to do with you, you know, as women wanting love, but having a preset determination about what you think love should be like, you know, what you think love is. You know, and a lot of times, unfortunately, society tells you that it has to include sex. You know, it has to include fornication. A man has to be able to blow your back out. You know, a man has to be able to protect you maybe he, and provide for you. He wasn't, you didn't have a father there to protect you and you were hurt by men. And if this guy doesn't look as if he could provide for you the way that you feel like, Society says that he should Well then he goes into the friend zone Never mind the fact that this is somebody Who actually could be the best man that you've ever had You know you want someone who is a little bit more whatever The bad boy, the thug, the you know the gangster You know and that's unfortunately That's far too common in today's society That whole friend zone thing Now that's not something that I can really relate to uh, Too much I never really you know was That I can remember was put into a friend zone Of with a woman who I wanted more with, like that typically didn't happen to me, but I know a lot of, I hear that a lot, you know, I mean, and even honestly, and 
even if it was someone I was interested in, I was always the type where I was just like, okay, well, you're not interested, that's cool. Somebody else will be. Like I was just, I just had a very nonchalant attitude, and as you, you can't tell, I, even now to a certain extent, like nothing really matters. I think one of the problems in today's society is people take themselves way too seriously. They take, they take themselves too seriously, and they take people around them too seriously. It's like people care about what other people think. Like, oh, Facebook is this, and Facebook are my Facebook friends, and family, and this and that. And what if I post this, what will they think? And that none of that stuff matters. So, ladies, if somebody doesn't want to be with you, if somebody rejected you, who cares? That just means that's not the man that God has for you. You know, and I think a big part of the problem is people are turning a, you know, they're closing off their ears to the word of God when it comes to asking for confirmation and and really praying about these situations. They're saying, okay, yeah, I'm sexually attracted to this man. And when you are begin the lusting process, you know, for someone, well, obviously lust is the same as adultery according to God. You know, you've already come, you guys already know that scripture. So if you're lusting, you're committing one of the most horrible sins. So if you're doing that and comfortable being in that state, you can't really turn to God and say, God, is this the man that God has, that you have for me? You know, that prayer is going to fall on deaf ears because you're operating in a simple state of mind. You got, if you're going to go to God, you got to go to him correct. You know what I'm saying? With a repentant heart, a repentant spirit. You know, but if you're trying to, if you know you're about to give somebody some sex that night, but then you try to pray about, hey, is this the man that God has for me? You don't really get that same level of confirmation, do you, Courtney? No, <laughs> not at all. That prayer, yeah, that prayer doesn't work out too well for you, does it? And and I, I'm guilty of that. I understand all of that stuff, and because I think that's a big part of it. it's like, well, dang, God, you know what? You know, is this the man that that you have for me? You know, I haven't really been receiving chivalrous treatment, or or please send me a man, but tonight. I'm going to return this text message from somebody asking me, what are you doing tonight? I'm going to go out on this date with somebody I know I have no business with, but I'm going to wait around for somebody to be chivalrous. And if I could just say one last thing about it, because that's, you know, emotional availability is key. Somebody may be saying, well, what do you mean by that? Well, if you're dating someone, this is, please under, this is the, listen, guys, I'm about to tell you all something mind-blowing. This right here is the number one reason why so many single there are so many single, successful black women out here. What I'm about to say is the number one reason. This, If you are single, this is probably why. Okay? I'm telling you right now. What it is is that so many women want love. So many women want to be taken seriously. They want to be treated chivalrously. But they have either a friend with benefits or they have non-platonic male friends who they casually date, okay? Understand, if a man is going to treat you chivalrously, please get this, there can't be any other men in the picture. You guys get that? If Courtney, if I'm interested in Courtney, you know, and I want to get her on the carriage, you know, the uh, horse and carriage ride, I want to do all those chivalrous acts that we talked about earlier in the show, but she is casually dating somebody else, she's entertaining someone else, and that's been made clear, why the heck would I go out of my way to do those things for Courtney? Courtney, would that make any sense? No, it wouldn't. Not at all. Right. No sense whatsoever. 
And so what these men do is we look for the clean slate. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't take you out on a date. That doesn't mean that we won't say, hey, look, what are you doing tonight? Did you want to come over a blockbuster night? But what we're talking about tonight is in 2013, is chivalry dead? You know, is chivalry dead? You know, and that's the key. What does it take to get chivalrous treatment? Because a lot of women don't, most women don't have problems getting dates. But they're questioning, wait a minute, why am I dating but not being treated chivalrously? Why am I dating but the dates are not materializing into anything substantial? And, that, and then you've always got to ask yourself, well, wait a minute, how many men am I dating? How many of those dates do I actually go on? If it's more than one, you're not being taken seriously. I, I promise you that. Some women will date two or three men. Most women will date two or three men or be, quote, unquote, talking to two or three men, but then questioning why none of those men are exhibiting chivalrous behavior or wondering why or how or if one of those three men will then go on to become their future husband, and they'll end up just cutting off the two. That's not how it works. It works the opposite. You don't cut off the other two, and the one remaining wipes you up. Nobody does that. I would not do that. Nobody would do that. Only an idiot would do that. How it works is you cut everyone off first, you work on yourself, and then God blesses you, with the best possible man, and then he wipes you up. Now, a lot of women say, well, Dad, you're saying, I mean, if I cut everyone off, then I'll be alone. Exactly. There you go. That's the whole point. You have to be alone at some point. Now, a lot of that's why we did this show on Halloween. A lot of people don't listen to the show, so they don't have that information. You know, there's a fear of being alone. But when you conquer your fear of being alone, you can be comfortable working on yourself without any distractions. And then when you're when you're done working on yourself, like my wife does when she was alone for for some a good amount of time prior to meeting me, that's when you get taken seriously. That's when you get the chivalrous treatment. That's when you're emotionally available for love. So that's pretty much all I have to say about it tonight, Courtney. Any last thoughts, comments, words of wisdom? Well, um, I will say that, um, again, I enjoyed this show, as always. I enjoy every show. Um, but I will say, you know, to the ladies, just let everything that was discussed, you know, be, um, you know, in the forefront of your mind, you know, when it comes to dating and relationships, you know. And so if that means you have to take time off and work on yourself, then so be it. But make sure that you take everything that we said into um, you know, serious consideration so that you will become the woman that will, you know, attract a, a, an elite man who will want to provide you with that chivalrous treatment. Absolutely, Courtney. I mean, good good job tonight, good points. I mean, that's that last thing that you just said is, is most key. You know, who will want to be chivalrous? Because a lot of times what I see in, in, in dating is women, you know, coercing men into trying to make them be chivalrous. You can't make someone be chivalrous. You can't make someone get you a ring. You know, I, when I proposed to my wife, I wrote her a whole long poem. My proposal was a poem that I wrote. You understand that? And, and, I, and I recorded it, 
and I played it for her while she was blindfolded, and I, and I uh, you know, popped the question that way. Down in Orlando on a nice weekend getaway. You understand that? That's, that's chivalry right there. But the the most important part about that chivalrous act is that I wanted to do it. She never had to force me. There was no coercion. So this this show, tonight's show, was not necessarily about is chivalry dead because that's a, you know, that's everybody knows chivalry is not dead. It's what is necessary for you to be the recipient of chivalrous behavior in 2014. Because I'll be honest with you. I mean, I don't want to lie. If you're single now, this is November, this is 2013, you're going to be single in 2014. That's not a problem. I mean, that that is you're not going to get into a relationship between now and, and January. But what you can do is start the process of change and start the preparation process to find love in 2014. I don't want to lie. I'm like, oh yeah, you're gonna have love tomorrow. No, I'm not. No, it's nothing like that. But you know, I'm working with a number of women, preparing them for love in in, in 2014. So if that's you, call me, reach out. We can set up a free emotional availability so we can kind of assess where you stand, what needs to be done, what doesn't need to be done, see what's going on, and uh, develop a, a plan. Many of you may know I, I developed a uh, what I call a five phase cycle towards achieving 100% emotional availability. You know, and it's all inclusive. It does from start to finish, you will have love. At the end of the some people say, "Oh, that's what that's about." Yeah, that's what that's about. At the end of the process, you'll have love. You know what I mean? That's what I'm saying. Call me 855-55-DATON-DATON-TRCtoday.com, courtney@trctoday.com. Either we can all either one of us can do a, a emotional availability assessment and get the ball rolling, man. Uh that's it. I thank you all for listening. Follow me online, guys. Follow me online, Twitter, at Daydon Tolbert, Instagram, at Daydon Tolbert, Facebook, you know, all that good stuff. Just type in my name. There's a show page. There's my personal page. Like my fan page on there. You know, check out my, my novel. Funny thing is about that, the love we had, and you guys know I, you know, released it in 2005, went ahead and re-released it last year. You guys have shown a lot of love. Everybody's showing a lot of love. You're listening. You haven't read my book. It's a great book for a number of reasons, but one of the main reasons is because it's a book about love. It's a book about chivalry. It's a book about the best possible woman, you know, being found by the best possible man and what that looks like, you know, in the realest way possible. It has a lot of drama, a lot of, you know what I mean, ins and outs, a lot of twists, an ending that will blow your minds, but... You know, it, it, in, in regards to tonight's show, there's a there are many chivalrous acts in the love we had. So check it out on Amazon. It's on Kindle for two ninety nine, and uh, and that's it, man. I thank you guys for the support, and I will see you guys uh, tomorrow night. Peace.
thought I had my game tied Thought I had it locked down, knowing shit wasn't right Now you on the blow, before I let you go Oh, you just gotta know Never meant to let you down. 